Um, oh, I feel a bit discombobulated because uh, I'm not prepared. I do like to do a bit of a prep for um, a show, a long show. So uh, apologies if I'm a bit uh, winging it. But uh, my name's Alex. I'm an adult child of an alcoholic family, a dysfunctional family. Um, I'm not an alcoholic, um, but uh, I belong to other fellowships as well. It is never just one, is there? Um, and I've found over the years that um, I've been in a long time in ACA. Um, I came in when I was 23, so that's, uh, that's decades. But um, yeah, I, I when I'm when I'm working my recovery, I tend to sort of focus on one thing at a time. And so, if you don't mind, I'm just going to talk to you about what's going on for me at the moment. Um, and that is um, become very aware of some a dynamic in me which works like two sides of a coin, like like the victim perpetrator, two sides of one coin. And, and this, what I'm looking at at the moment is the idea of impoverishment and entitlement. And the reason this has come up recently is because I've been obsessed by money. I've just been obsessed with making it, finding it, um, creating it, jobs, uh, there's a there's a whole reason for that, you know, sort of why it's manifested like that. Just this, my life situation at the moment. But it was uh, it's just been all consuming, and I've been quite obsessed with it. Um, and I was talking to a tra fellow traveller a few days ago, and I was sharing how um, how extreme it feels. You know, I just can't seem to put it down. And he said, "Can I stop you?" and suggest you replace money with unconditional parental love. And it really had an impact on me. It's had an impact on me since then. All the obsession has gone. And I'm left with understanding at a deep level um, that I'm trying to fill myself up. I'm trying to fill the hole that was left by my childhood with money, things, success. And um, I've, I've actually, I, I was very, um, very, I've been quite successful in, in my life, you know, if I, uh, in career. Uh, I'm not at the moment, I'm, I'm not working really at the moment, but I have been. And I always thought when I got there, when I when I got the right job, when I was successful, when I, when I had enough money, um, then everything would be okay. And uh, in my 20s, I did actually, I remember walking down the high street in London to put some money in the bank. I had, a, I had thousands in my, in my bag. Uh, just the business I was doing. I, I thought at that time I could go and buy anything from the shops right now. Anything. I'd go and buy a car. Anything from in this road. And you know, I was so, it really got me down. It really got me down because I thought my life's work has been to get to this point and I'm no happier. 
and uh, that's when I really delved deep into. I, I gave up the job. I had to. I had to resign. I just couldn't do it anymore. Sort of had a breakdown and and really got into um, ACA big time. Got into therapy and everything. But it just occurred to me, you know, that that feeling of impoverishment has has never left me. I've never really dealt with it properly. Um, and where it comes from is being small child in a house where nobody loved me and I have read books so many recovery books and I remember reading this one that said even if you don't feel it there is love in every family and I actually don't believe that I don't believe there is love in every family there was not there was no love in my family but as a small child, I couldn't really have a reaction to that. You know, I couldn't cry. I couldn't get angry. I couldn't share it with anyone. I couldn't go and get help. There was no one to help me. I had to survive the cruelty and the violence that was going on. I had no time to have my feelings. I just had to survive. Um, interestingly, one of the things I did is I used to steal a lot. And that's all part of the impoverishment, you know, needing to... It was a lot of food I used to steal, um, stuffing food down me, especially sugar. Um, and I got really good at it. Um, it kind of skewed me, skewed my brain, you know, because ever since my childhood, I've had this just very difficult thing with um, getting stuff. I've, I've either felt fraudulent or um, I felt I didn't deserve it. I felt guilty. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to work out my relationship with money at the moment. Um, and, but this, this feeling of impoverishment was, I don't know about anyone else, but there was nothing there for me. There wasn't a, there wasn't a stroke. My mother never told me she loved me, not once. Um, and... It was just all hardcore shame and blame. And I was the scapegoat of the family. And my mother would actually say, you have ruined everybody's day. So it gave me a lot of power. You know, I felt very powerful that just one look and you know, the whole family is going to fall apart. Um, and I've carried that feeling of being very powerful into my adulthood. So it's not just an impoverishment. So much else goes with it, you know. Um, and, and I think that feeling of being very powerful has sort of tipped into entitlement. And I am, it's really raising its head at the moment. I'm aware of it all the time, all day, every day. I mean, I'm walking down the street and someone's in my way and I don't think to stop and let them pass. I think inside, it's my fucking right of way. I'm walking in a straight line. Why are you coming out to the side to, to bash me? You know, it's... It's um. There's, I know there's. I know there's a, a place to feel empowered and and you know set your boundary and and know that you're you're correct. But I think that for me that tips into entitlement. I or it, even though I sent a, a message to a friend yesterday and said, "Would you like to come down next week?" And he didn't answer. And again, that rage in me. It's it's like how dare he not answer? I've gone to the effort to text him and he he hasn't bothered to answer me you know how dare he and that that anger how dare he that rage in me is so infantile and 
and I can I can see it comes from me being small and I'm having the feelings now that I couldn't have to I couldn't afford to have when I was a child I couldn't afford to say what about me why am I not getting love why do I get hit all the time you know I couldn't afford to say that it was too dangerous I was just trying to stay alive so I think I'm having um I'm having these feelings now and um I'm so aware of this happening all all day every day and and when it was that that reading that was a, a super reading actually and I was thinking the one thing I am doing is I'm talking to myself I can I can feel the rage and I'm saying just because they walked across you doesn't make them a bad person that you know just just relax it's going to be all right you know I am talking myself through it at the moment I don't know how long I'm going to be like this but It also comes into the money thing because I sort of feel that I'm entitled to a lot of money. Why do I even have that thought? I'm not really sure. The only thing I can think is it's it's um it's a balance to the impoverishment, you know. And and if I to day to day life, you know, it's it's about not feeling worth it, not feeling that you know the I've got um, that I don't have the job I want. I don't have the I can't afford a house, you know, um, and it can very easily lead me into feeling like a victim. So I see it very much, you know, when I'm feeling when I'm just feeling empty and like I have nothing, or all I've got is my higher power. I have to surrender it, you know. I have to practice step three. I have to make a decision to hand it over to my higher power. Because at the end of the day, I haven't got anything else. That is my my final stop, if you like. Um, no one's going to come and rescue me. No one. I'm not going to win the lottery so I can buy my buy buy somewhere to live. Um, no one's going to scoop me up and and take care of me. And I'm not in a relationship. I have I've been single for a while now, and. Um, that has a lot to do with it as well. I think I was always looking for someone to take care of me. Um, well, I was. It's not a thing. I know, you know, my my codependency. It, I don't think I've had a relationship where I haven't had that. In every relationship I've had, I sort of expect the other person to take care of me. And again, the entitlement comes in. Why should they? You know, I'm questioning myself. Why should they take care of me? But it's almost like, I have no, I'm powerless over that. I'm, I'm just, in fact, I think every relationship I've ever had has been based on them looking after me. I'm not sure I've had an adult relationship. Um, and again, that stems from just feeling empty and impoverished and as if I've had, I've had very little. I mean, I don't know what it, I was talking to my daughter-in-law um, over Christmas and I was, I was just mentioning a couple of things about my family and and she said you know my father was workaholic and he was very absent my mother was this and everything but I just knew at the end of the day they loved me and I wonder what that feels like to have that foundation of at the end of the day you were loved um, I don't have that 
I don't have that. And and I think that it, I find it very hard to give it to myself. Very hard. Um, in fact, I don't know if we can give it to ourselves. I think it's reflected from other people. And we have to be open to that. And it takes a lot of recovery to become open to that. Because ACAs are generally untrusting people. Um, ACAs are generally, the, the ones I know and myself, not now, but I used to be, don't trust until someone proves they're trustworthy. <laughs> you know. But now, I trust everyone until they prove they're untrustworthy. That's the difference now. Um, so this is what I'm dealing with at the moment. Um, impoverishedness, feeling emotionally, emotional poverty, um, and the flip side of that is the entitlement. And just just sitting with it, you know, and, and I'm, I'm aware of myself experiencing it day to day, and I'm trying to parent myself through it. Um, but 13 minutes. Oh, I've always been for 18 minutes. 13. Oh, 13. Okay, yes. thank you. You <laughs> said, I'm going to let you know at 13. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's taken me a long time to get to this place. I feel as if I'm sort of getting down, uh, down to the last 15% of my issues. I would say my, I've, I've healed 85% of my trauma. Nothing really triggers me that much now. Um, every, you know, everyone gets there in the end, but it is really hard work. And I think the biggest problem is I felt like a victim so for so much of my recovery. I just felt like a victim. You know, I haven't felt empowered, and that's that's what I'm looking for now. To to really. Um, to really have the confidence to feel that I'm not just an okay person, but I'm a good person, and that I don't need someone else to tell me that, that I innately believe it. I'm not there yet, but I'm getting there. Um, and my therapist is leaving, she's retiring at the end of this year, so I feel like I'm on a, I'm on a race to try and fix everything, get cured by the end of the year before she leaves me. Um, and abandons me, as, I, as I've told her so many times. She's retiring, but uh, yeah, that that has been a, a powerful relationship, you know, just to be able to trust a woman with with me and who I am, to really expose myself with her. That's been um, formidable, and um, it's just just part of the journey to to find someone who never judges you that's really hard that's really hard um but yeah so i do feel as if i'm just now getting to be sort of dealing with specific issues that i am aware of as they come up and not the whole all the grief i cried for years you know huge chunks of grief which um which was just my innate sadness, which I carried with me for most of my life. Really, I was a very depressed child. I was a very depressed adult, um, suicidally depressed, and um, 
but I don't have that anymore. That's that's pretty much healed up. And for that, really for that, coming to ACA meetings, really getting stuck into the work, going through the reading the red book, going through the yellow book, going through the flip side of the laundry list, going through the loving parent workbook with people, getting the support, reaching out, fellow travelers, group work. Um, 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 I'm grateful. I'm just so grateful. Um, thanks for listening. I'll leave it there.